This is Melanie Ake. Today on Everyday Leaders, you'll meet Mary Calvert, an experienced and passionate leader that every day brings value to a multi-generational workforce. I'm really excited to share what's happening at Everyday Leaders. Go to everydayleaders.com. Subscribe to my website where you can learn strategies to become a leader in your own life. On the everydayleaders.com podcast page, you can connect to the guest of the 2019 Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 Leadership Summit and listen to your favorite episodes of the Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 podcast. Now, if you're ready to take the next step and become a leader in your own life, go to my Everyday Leaders store, select the Life Strategies courses, corporate strategy workshops, or even personal coaching. Go to everydayleaders.com, subscribe, and keep up to date on all of our programs and valuable leadership lessons. When you subscribe to Everyday Leaders, you'll be entered into our monthly giveaway to receive a round to it. If you need accountability in your life, this is a great way to start. Go to everydayleaders.com and become a leader in your life. to Everyday Leaders 50 and 50, Mary Calvert from Orange County, California. Excited to have you on the program today. Well, thank you so much. I am excited to be part of it. You're on a wonderful journey. Oh, man, it's connecting to people and you, your message is really transforming generations and creating superstars. And I love your message. I love what your journey is. I'm really excited to have you on here and and share what you're learning. So I have to tell people, um, the company that you work for, it's called SAP, right? SAP, and I work in a group called Ariba and Field Glass. We specialize in uh, procurement to payment processes within a business. And, and so part of your journey, and you do a lot, you're kind of in a leadership segment, I guess, if you will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I have been a vice president of sales you know, for years and years and years for them. And we recently really started an early talent journey as part of a, just um, a digital outgrowth in our, our workforce. We needed more innately digitally thinking people as well as the fact that we had not hired for years and years. And so we, we were learning how to do this. And um, our particular group wasn't doing very well. And so our senior vice president asked me if I would take on a stretch assignment just for – 12 months, that was three years ago, <laughs> and, and it, to figure out why doesn't it work, how could we fix it, you know, how can we make this a non-issue, and my entire goal was to work myself out of a job. Mm-hmm. And? <laughs> and it was successful enough that we now have shifted the focus, and I am now working, I was working in sales and pre-sales, because uh, that's obviously my background and what I know, but... Uh, now I'm focused on the entire end-to-end business, so services, support, operations, finance, legal, everything that we have. Mm-hmm. We're working on um, enhancing and developing the next generation, 
And in addition to that, as we started to grow as a company, because we recently came together with uh, another company that SAP acquired called Field Glass, which works with contingent workforce, we needed to also shift our strategy a little bit. And so now I actually have a team that's uh, known internally as People First. And our entire goal is to specialize in developing not just the early talent, but our top talent in terms of, you know, growth into leadership or experts, and then also helping our leadership talent, because you can't develop the rest if you don't develop the leaders, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. And so those are critical. So we are essentially focused on helping the talent we have thrive within its our business. So talk to me about what your company looked like three years ago when you say you signed on for this one-year assignment, right? <laughs> and how, how many people has that transformed? So you started three years ago with how many people, and now it's turning When into I first – we're a company within a company, so yeah. we're a company of about 6,500 people. Mm -hmm. uh, but we had perhaps eight or nine early talents at the time. Uh, today we have 48 because it takes us about six to nine months to prepare each one and place them into a role. And then I work with them post being placed in the field with customers. Just call me the backup, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just there for every aspect of it. But it's it typically, you know, there's not too much difference between when you hire a new employee with experience and you hire a young talent because we still have to – teach them the same core 80% of, of knowledge, mm -hmm. but it's the 20% of learning in concept and learning soft skills. Um, we have an academy program that, of course, teaches them presentation skills and brand messaging, all of those things. But, you know, just even in the choice of words that you use with a prospect or a client or the way you position yourself against or with competition. There's all these, you know, different little nuances that are just, we think they're just tribal and you have to harvest that knowledge. Oh, absolutely. And so many companies today um, are not investing or taking the time to invest in that soft skill piece. And that is the 20% that can really change your industry. And so th mm -hmm. I love how you kind of talked us through that. But it's so true because as you signed up for this 12-month contract, now it's turned into three years of this progress and this development because you have some of the vision, right, to be able to create this mm -hmm. space. And believing in it yourself helps you create, you know, the next kind of uh, tribal force, if you will, that you're creating. And so it's so exciting to kind of learn from you what you're doing, how you see things now differently, and how you're encouraging your teams. Uh, one concept I want to talk to you about is a lot of leadership training, you know, they talk about developing people. And and so, as you said, developing the leaders first. I, I think mm -hmm. it's so important that we look at organizations, you know, around the country that there's so much strategy now in every industry and sometimes our industries forget that, you know, it's not just going about to one seminar to have a communication workshop or a development workshop, but it's that constant development of our leaders so that they can then improve the teams. And, and so talk to me about your ideas on developing the leaders. Well, it actually is born of this same you know, taking on this role, I think first it's, you know, the classic, you know, to understand, you know, first you have to 
to be under, well, no, to be understood, you have to first understand. Mm -hmm. And when I started working with some of the the first group of people that I was um, involved with, I began to realize that there was a common thread amongst all of them, which was their engagement with their manager. Sounds crazy, but when you're a young person, your manager is your hero. Mm -hmm. They're your everything, right? Your your authority, your next person that's not a parent or a teacher. And it could be a scary thing or a great thing. Mm -hmm. And I suddenly stopped and I thought, well, these are people are all my peers. I've done their job. I have empathy for the leader uh, because if, if I'm very, very honest, three years ago, people were not interested <clears throat> in having an early talent on their team. Mm-hmm. They're busy. It's a high-performance culture. We do everything we do with purpose and trying to change the world, but we also sell software, and there's all the innate operational pieces that go with that. And I realized the key to scaling, because there was just one of me, there's no way we were going to get to these 48 people unless it was through a partnership with their leaders. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't about helping the young person try to figure out how to speak or how to position or any of these things. It was also about coming back to the leader and say, you know, I'm working with your early talent, we'll call him John. And these are my observations around John. He's really strong at this and this and this. Could you stretch him, you know, with your assignments, you know, have him do this instead of that, that type of thing. But also I noticed that he needs to develop here and here and here. You know, is there something you might take on that could help him develop that so that he can have more interaction with you? Mm -hmm. And they'd immediately say, of course I can do that. That's a great idea. This has been so helpful. And suddenly the leader was beginning to understand how to relate to the person and develop them. Mm -hmm. And when I think back to my own experience, um, in 2014 was when we first got our academy program started. And I I just got a phone call one day and they said, oh, so-and-so has been assigned to your team. No headcount charge. They're just giving you a free resource. (laughs) Um, But you need to develop them and run with it. And I had, at the time, I think our sons were maybe 22 and 25, so one I had just finished really helping him coach him through his first uh, employment and moving to his second, and the, the second one was coming out of school. So I didn't think it was all that unrelatable to help a young person, but it was a very different thing, and my feedback to the academy was, you know, might you put on a, a day workshop for leaders when they're going to receive these people? Might you help them? And they just looked at me like I had lost my mind and handed me a 65-page written document. (laughs) And I kind of thought, well, who's going to read that? And I never did, by the way. I have never read it. Um, (laughs) And it it might be my own approach to learning. I don't know which, but it truly was one of those aha moments where I thought there's got to be a better way. I didn't do anything with that. Um, I gave my opinion, uh, which always leads to their next assignment, I've discovered. But... um, Anyway, in in doing this work, I have figured out that partnering with the manager so that I begin to, if you will, wean the person off of me as the developmental coach and wean them on to their manager, Mm -hmm. but at the same time teaching the leader how to develop was really critical. I now have a new challenge, which is helping these leaders develop their top talent, which is our most high-performing employees, Uh, and helping them to be intellectually challenged is a humorous piece for me because I would describe myself as the least intellectual person, a high, high level emotional 
um, um, intelligence, but I would not call myself academically or intellectually the most brilliant person. So trying to help a leader who is also not develop their intellectually advanced humans is its own challenge. Mm -hmm. So that's one of my current, it's not an obstacle. It's just a hill I'm climbing. It's a hill. So what are the things creatively, you know, when you you talk about kind of being in this space, it gives you an opportunity to kind of step back and learn, like, what are other people trying? So uh, some of the ideas, you know, we talk about books and workshops and masterminds and things of that nature. Do you, can you share some of the ideas that you've, you've tried that are working? Um, we're just starting that. We actually developed a program this year um, that we call the Possibilities Program, where we're bringing together our top talent. And, and by the way, we're doing this um, in parallel with another division under SAP who's doing something similar, but they're, they're choosing different routes. And mm-hmm. so we're, we're actually in the process of measuring it right now. But essentially, we're taking problems like generational generations at work, right, and saying, okay, here are all the possible visions on this. Here are things we've tried. Here are things that we've failed. How can we? Because we're a huge growth mindset company. Mm-hmm. How can we get to what we want to do? And these are typically, these groups of people are 50 to 60 in size. They're very diverse. I mean, if you want to talk about diversity and inclusion, we cover the map on it. <laughs> so we've got, we think, the, the highest collective wisdom while we're working in these. Mm-hmm. And we talk about how can we get what we want. And so sometimes that results in just one person, brilliant idea, and everybody loves it and we go with it. Sometimes it requires us to break ourselves down into smaller subgroups and tackle topics that sit underneath the foundation of that. But when we come back together, you can actually watch the group's ideas begin to morph and merge into what ultimately is the outcome. And sometimes people get up from the table and go, I never dreamed we could get this far. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people are saying, wow, I'm so glad that's over. That one was hard. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right? So it's, it's a different outcome. And I, I think we're in the middle of learning that. I, I don't know that I could fully answer your question at this point because we're on that journey. But that's so cool because what a lot of people fear sometimes in organizations is trying new things. And when we look at this multi-generational gap, if you will, uh, I personally have, I'm in an environment where I have a gap of you know, generations. And so we're always trying to find out what's the best way to communicate and what's the best way to influence and how do we, you know, um, be able to really be clear about what our perspective is and what our strengths are in, in those multi-generations, right, to learn from each other. Because there's so much power <laughs> in having these, these times that you can sit down together and kind of resource and plan and strategize, if you will, on, on how we're helping and connecting to our customers. So what you're doing is so important for the future to grow. Uh, and sometimes, you know, a lot, sometimes people are not doing this in their personal life. And so they're very energized when you have a corporation that's really embracing this mm-hmm. process. Because you think about the times you know, I think when I was in banking way back when and a teller at a bank, you know, and thinking, oh, we get to go to a workshop next week. And that was so exciting because you got to focus on your own skill development. So mm-hmm. companies like you, what you're doing and, and how you're walking people through this, it's really powerful. It can transform 
how they begin to believe about themselves and that their opinions matter, right? And that may be their only safe zone sometimes. Well, I think you're right about that. We have reached a point where I believe we're no longer chasing work-life balance. You know, how might you get that? 90% of us can't get it, but really the way the digital transformation of our world has changed things, we now truly are into the work-life integration mode. Mm -hmm. And we spend so much time at work that if it doesn't have meaning or purpose, we might not be satisfied as individuals. Mm -hmm. So I think when young people ask me, why do you work here and why do you stay? It's very simple. It's the people I'm around and the mindset they possess. Mm -hmm. They inspire me every day to, I don't, I mean, there are times when I do say, I can't, we can't, we shouldn't do things, right? There's, you know, budgets and the logical operational stuff, but I was very inspired the first time I ever experienced this. Mary, how can we get to this place we say we can't get to? Mm -hmm. And I thought, you're out of your mind. (laughs) And then I thought, you're a dreamer. And then I thought, no, you're bringing this to reality, and it's happening, and I'm part of the experience. And it was almost like a drug, and I was addicted, and I'm not overly optimistic. I might even describe myself as sometimes pessimistic or jaded, but the thought process of how can we get what we want is very uh, a very very helpful tool in my bag mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because if if people and listening to you I mean you can hear it obviously the energy in your voice but understand that you get to create that and and so a lot of people when we talk about leadership all these principles you know of curiosity and and so what do you have to trade off, right? What do you have to trade off to be able to do that? Do you have to work a million hours a week to be able to feel that inspiration? It's like, not necessarily. You're mm-hmm. just no. a- approaching it differently so that you're getting more impact out of your day instead of thinking, okay, I'm just here at work in my cubicle checking email, right? <laughs> you're actually right. contributing every second. And that adrenaline rush is so powerful, Uh, Because then you can connect to the purpose and the mission of the company and be a part of it. You can, and I think, too, for me, I have the wonderful gift of ADD. Um, I'm always working to be present and in the moment and stay on task and work through things. And the rote tasks of, you know, writing up my notes and preparing this and doing that are not the most exciting part of the job for me, but when I actually can dump out what's in my head, I find that other people do find that valuable. I don't know that I, I do because by the time I write it, I've already processed it, <laughs> digested it, I'm done with it. But when it does come out, I think it's, it's helpful, but it's hard to um, have the experiences and then relate the experiences because I don't think I'm built to take it and then, you know, projectize it. Mm-hmm. So talk to me about, we talked a little offline and I, I want to, get to this because I think it's really exciting. The things that um, that you've seen, that you've experienced, some of the interviews that you have been um, a part of or watching, uh, excited about to learn from some of these leaders. And I know we've talked a little bit about Jennifer Morgan and, and the connection there at um, SAP and, and her interviews with people like Simon Sinek um, and, yep. and kind of teaching 
you know, the millennial workforce and like you said, bringing, bringing these new uh, leaders in, what do you think some of the, the um, important messages or the takeaways uh, from what you're learning in these interviews? How are you integrating that into uh, what you're doing? Well, I think it's, it, her, her podcast series is called A Call to Lead. If you, if you haven't seen it or heard, I should say seen, heard, <laughs> you can see it, but uh, it's really more of a listening experience. Uh, but I liked where she started because uh, her partnership with Ariana Huffington has turned into actually a partnership uh, called Thrive Global with our organization, a different part of it, but they, they've done some really neat things. But she's in, she has interviewed both men and women that are leaders in different organizations, or they could be certain personalities. For example, she interviewed Ginger Z, who has been speaking very openly about some of the challenges she's faced with anxiety and some of the issues. So it's, it's real relatable mm-hmm. to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives me sometimes content, just like you and I might say, hey, there's a great TED Talk on this topic. You might like this author, this author or this speaker. You know, we can, it allows us to share in small 20 to 30-minute segments that are helpful because people don't have time to read a self-help book necessarily anymore. Yep. But then, I mean, Simon Sinek, his messages, this has been the year of Simon Sinek for us. Um, <laughs> his whole philosophy on starting with why and servant leadership is something I think every leader could use a good dose of, but he's so relatable to the people. Um, he spoke to us in January um, about the infinite game and how, how we are constantly kind of caught in these cycles. And then we actually brought him to a customer event, and that had a very powerful impact. And I guess what I liked about it was it, it allowed for a new type of conversation. You know, some people find connecting with people was hard, is hard. With him present and people having a lot to talk about, it created connections. Mm-hmm. And I think in this crazy, digital, hyper-connected world, we can't and shouldn't lose our connectability with other humans. The engagement can never be replaced by things like artificial intelligence or anything robotic. Even if Siri can talk to me, I can tell you she doesn't listen very well half the time. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) I asked her the other day, Siri, why are you slow? And she wanted to argue. I'm not slow. And I just said, yes, you are. You're telling me you're taking a minute. I mean, seriously, having a conversation in my car with Siri is proof that we as humans need to engage with each other, right? Oh, my gosh. I love that. I'm sorry. Because <laughs> I've done that so many times. Or, you know, on your watch and you're doing something and all of a sudden she starts talking to you. I'm like, I didn't say anything to you. <laughs> but that that is true. The power of connection. I, I That's one of my fundamentals that I believe in in my company is actually make connections for life because I do Uh honestly from from my being my soul my purpose is to connect people uh, that are on this journey and that I everybody that we have every story that we've gone through is personal but it's so powerful because we can help others then connect to things that we've learned Mm -hmm. uh, all throughout our lifetime and so uh, so part of this journey is, you're right, it, the personal connection. You can say, I can talk mm-hmm. to you even on FaceTime, right? I think in 2009, my grandmother died right before the um, the FaceTime 
app came out. And I thought every day she would say, I wish I could see you. I wish I could see you. And I thought, you know, know. here's another technology advancement, right? Even though you can't have that bond. But those things, Zoom, conferencing, you know, people are really into Mm -hmm. these webinars and being able to teach one-on-one. And you can do this from all over the world now. You don't have to, you know, be in your same community and say, we're going to go to a board meeting. You can do this at any time, at any place for $10 a month. You know, it's not difficult. Um, you know what? You just gave me a great idea, and I'll, I'll share it here, but I, I think you'll like it. What if we could simplify? You know how they, they make cell phones for older people with larger buttons without a lot of complexity to them? They're mm-hmm. just a phone. Mm-hmm. What if you could create a video app that was that simple that you could have in nursing homes or memory care homes or any of our facilities that we use. What if you just had a group of volunteers who would volunteer to interact by video chat and they struck up friendships Mm -hmm. with some of these elderly people who need that longing and contact but might not have family or might be shut in? What a great idea. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you. Just off of your FaceTime <laughs> app with your grandmother. Well, that here, is a great idea. It's just, you know, it's that's how we create things that are spaces or gaps in the world, right? To be able to have that human connection. And so I'm yep. following up with you on that, Mary. <laughs> I love that idea. I think it's so powerful. It, and, and it is that sense of, does somebody care? Is somebody listening? Right? Part of this mm-hmm. is when we do these masterminds and these groups and these coaching calls and it's does somebody care about what I have to say in the world and do I matter? And and so whether it's in job or personal, it is that power to be able to connect um, our journeys. So, yeah, <laughs> we're teaching a lot today, aren't we? <laughs> Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. It is. It is. Absolutely. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to take you off track there. <laughs> no, I just that's okay. Had a like I said, this is me. Experience me in the moment. <laughs> this is what this is about. No, I love it. Because, you know, and going back to Simon Sinek, so I have um, I became a John Maxwell certified coach a few years ago, and I had gone to a Live to Lead event where Simon was talking about Start With Why. And so I really connected to him, and he had done a teaching on this, and I was in Germany. And I had to open up the class and kind of, um, I didn't speak German, I didn't speak French, (laughs) all these people were in the class. And so I thought, how am I going to open up, you know, the session to be able to get them to understand how to connect our product to our customers? So I found his Start With Why in in, uh, German. And so I, I presented that first as like, we want you to go on this journey with us. And it was really powerful because they all kind of reach back out sometimes and say, hey, that was really cool, and I started following him because of that, right, the Mm -hmm. purpose-driven connection. And so so I told Simon that. I said, hey, I've used this in Germany, and he was like, that's awesome. (laughs) You know, but but what I want to get to is the things that we do, we are mentors. We are influencing people every time we do something, even though it's maybe a little bit creative for us or we're stepping out on a limb, People recognize that, right? Because it looks different. Mm-hmm. And we're taking that effort and that energy to personalize it or to personalize it to that moment. And so as you're stepping kind of into this this big world, you know, it's going in a lot of directions for you. What are the things that you're curious about? 
And I talked to this with a law of curiosity, but do you have, um, you know, some kind of ideas again that you're thinking if I could just push this a little bit further and, and how to get there? Well, one that kind of comes to, I mean, I'm curious about everything. I think, uh, you know, it's a blessing and a curse, right? I'm curious about absolutely everything. And I just thank God Google was invented because anytime I hear a word or a concept, <laughs> I can't, you know, I'm not familiar with, or maybe it's the way it's being used, or maybe it's a different language. I can Google it. It's it's amazing. <laughs> um, it's just a, you know, a hilarious adventure of Mary. But um, what I do actually think a lot about, and this actually started as a topic. We had um, one of our work groups, uh, the leader came to me and said, would you be willing to just for an hour talk to my team about how to work with early talent? Mm. And I decided that it was, I, I try to tune up my knowledge from other people's works each, about every six months because it, we're constantly changing. And so I decided to read a couple of new books, which so happy I did it because it just furthered and opened my thinking, thinking even more. But the curiosity piece of it is not how do you work with early talent or how do you, if you're early talent, work with Gen X and boomers, but it's more... Uh, went down the road of history, which I'm a fan of mm -hmm. and always curious about, and how history has shaped society. And in those societies, we, you know, have these different generations, but why their value set is what it is, like why we are the way that we are, right? Because each of us is different. And, and you, when you combine that with, I've had a lot of people recently say to me, you know, you seem to be a little bit knowledgeable about generations am I really a boomer because I was born this year, or am I Gen X? Mm. Um, and somebody said, I'm an Xennial. And I said, what's an Xennial? And so she explained it to me, which was awesome, and I researched that. By the way, those are people born on the cusp of um, generations in terms of years, mm -hmm. but they might relate to one mindset or another. And I'll give you a good example. Um, a person, say, born as a boomer in the last one to two years of a boomer, if they had older sisters and brothers, probably grew up in a household with a little bit older parents that were of the greatest generation, right? Or parents, uh, they were the silent generation, but their parents were the greatest generation. So they have a lot of those traditional values. Those people will probably be more like a boomer mindset, whereas someone who might be the oldest child in a family with younger parents, where the parents might have actually been children of the silent generation, and have younger siblings might have been the ones that grew up, you know, more like Gen X, where they were latchkey kids, mm -hmm. their parents got divorced, or they were the MTV generation, um, and that type of thing. And so I finally have come to a center point where I've said to people, you are the mindset you are closest to. You're not a particular generation because you were born in a certain year. If you look at your parents, your siblings, or whatever your environment was growing up. You know, did you immigrate to another country? All those different things kind of play into it. And once people go, oh, yeah, I'm this mindset, they kind of get into it, which is great. And so then the curiosity piece ties back to, now imagine you're not you. Imagine you're a boomer mindset or a Gen X or a millennial or a, even a centennial mindset. How are you looking at the other um, generations what do you see that you like? What do you see that you don't like? Like, what can we take from it? Mm -hmm. And I don't think that I'm done discovering or exploring this. 
I, I sometimes caution myself, you know, don't go too deep because <laughs> not everybody can relate <laughs> to it. Yeah. But there's the ones that can, they come along and you can tell they're curious because they'll dig and dig and dig at me till I go and research something more and come back and answer them because they've hit the, the ceiling in me that I don't fully understand yet. Mm-hmm. But it's so fun because you get to kind of play with that in a safe zone, you know, and for people that mm-hmm. want to think differently and say, if I was born this way, but if I get around the right influencers, right, and the right groups yeah. and the right teams, whatever that is from family to social to, to career, I can change my mindset. And mm-hmm. I think that's what's, I've talked to a lot of people on this uh, program about millennial mindsets. And uh, I ask one person, you know, what's the best way that a millennial can connect to an older generation, even a baby boomer that they're working with? And I said, that's one of the key things that I get a lot of times. What would you do? And he said, say hello. <laughs> you know, it was about that, that again, that power of connection. But it, thinking through, if you can get all those different generations to think, how would it be if I was this, right? And, and just have fun with that in a very safe space, they can really start to appreciate the value that the other ones bring into that space, that workforce, that team, that, that relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I love, you know, some of these environments, these work environments have gone to more cubicle driven, you know, open spaces than closed offices. What is your environment like uh, where you guys are? We have an unbelievable facility strategy, and that's not something most companies will say. Every single one of our offices has been reevaluated for use, Right? How many people come into the office versus, you know, live on a plane like I do or work virtually versus how do we use them? Do we have developers that need very quiet space to salespeople that need a loud brass bell to ring? And, and by the way, they don't coexist very well. Um, <laughs> and what can we do? So we've created um, all of our workspaces that have um, an open space concept and also what we call hot desks. So I can go anywhere in the world and walk in and work by just claiming a hot desk that's open. And, and they keep those open. They're not reservable. So you can always get a spot. But then we also have some unique environments where sometimes we need to meet as a group, but we don't necessarily need a conference room or be, be behind a door. And so we now have a lot of open spaces. We just opened actually an office in Newport Beach. We were talking about beaches earlier. Mm-hmm. That is a, uh, an innovation center for us. And this space um, has open, think about seats, or it has some fireplaces in it because the building used to be a bank and they didn't want to take those out. So we created some fireside chat areas where there's a small table. You can put a laptop on it. It's got a monitor up above the fireplace, so if you're projecting some information that you're sharing. But the, the chairs are big enough and have enough fabric on them that you can have a conversation that's not loud to others nearby. And so they've really thought that through, and the openness, you can kind of recognize when people are having a meeting versus just sitting around uh, saying hello, kind of water cooler style, and you can determine whether to approach or not. And we found we don't need walls to do it. Mm-hmm. I love that because so you know so many of these existing companies for years and years have existed the same way, and it's expensive, right? When you think about building mm-hmm. uh, or designing kind of what, what space looks like and how productive you can be. But you're right. 
thinking about these multi-generations, how we interact and engage, but giving us the capacity to perform, which is is so important, right? If we go back to our own environments and our homes when we're watching TV in one room and maybe we've developed our kitchens that are more social environments, I've gone into these places that you've described that are more work sharing across the country. And, and we take advantage of that too. You know, you need a team meeting, so you just schedule one of these conference areas. And it really has started to change the way we think about work and how productive mm-hmm. we can be. So that's really awesome uh, that you guys are, are doing that and thinking that way because that's what's going to change how you can uh, really become inspired and feel freer uh, to be creative, you know, and, and try to, to mm-hmm. design what's what's going to be the best opportunities for you guys. Um, well, we've opened this space up to the public as well. Mm. And so think about it as a very um, – we have a, a, a vendor inside of it called the Blue Bottle Coffee, Coffee Company. And this space is open. There's probably 70 to 100 seats that are open to the public. So think about it. You know, the, the proverbial person walks into a coffee shop and sits down on their Wi-Fi and works. This allows you to do all of those things, but you can have a table for two or a table for ten. You have to reserve some of the larger spaces, of course. But it's open to the public to come in and idea eight with us which is a new way also of working. I could be sitting downstairs working in the coffee shop because our office is up above on the second floor, but I could be sitting downstairs taking part in a conversation with ideas, just like the one we were just talking about with Mm -hmm. a a FaceTime type (laughs) of application, Mm -hmm. and start to create. And that's part of what we're trying to do, but it's a very new and innovative approach. And I have to laugh, on opening day, I was leaving. I took my husband to see it, and we were walking out, and we walked into our children's original nanny with her children, who we've known we've become family friends for years. (laughs) They were just at our son's wedding. And I thought, how random is this that I'm running into you here? Turns out her niece is managing the whole coffee operation there. And so they came to see her on opening day. And it was just wonderful to, to be able to be in a space like that where it's where my personal, my professional life came together. Mm-hmm. Making connections for life, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. It is so true. true. It just happens. And so I think, you know, part of this message, Mary, this has been so much fun today. Uh, you know, keeping true to your own spirit, right? And, and thinking about where you were three years ago, what you've learned, what you're creating. Oh, my gosh. Watching you to kind of develop into this the next future uh, process. It's going to be really fun to stay connected and have you continue to teach us. So um, I want you to, t- you talk to me a little bit right before we go, because I know we're running out of time, but uh, yeah. the you are going to get to see uh, somebody being interviewed here pretty quickly with Jennifer Morgan. Can you talk to us a little yeah. bit about that? Yes, I'm, I'm very excited. Um, it's actually kind of the pre-event. The, the call to lead recording is something that I would see just because I follow that podcast. But um, it's a couple of things. One, um, the event that we are having before that are actually 35 prospective women who may want to join our company. And I was asked to speak to them about what I like about being in this environment, and you've heard a good preview of it this morning. So 
um, that's just that's the topic, and that's the important work of the day. That's the reason for the trip. Mm-hmm. Um, but part of what we were also doing with this group of women was taking them to see this podcast being recorded. And it, as I joked earlier, you can't really see a podcast, right? You can, <laughs> but uh, being able to see its operation, how she conducts them, you know, the, just the the true leaning in and the authenticity of um, interacting in the moment. You know, it's almost like, and I don't know if you go through this because I've not necessarily done one myself, but being able to see her in, in this particular episode, she's going to interview uh, both Tone, uh, Tina Fey and then she will interview Tony Blair after that. So being able to see them sort of go into their own cone, their own world of conversation, leaning in, having, you know, authentic discussions around leadership and around, uh, you know, challenges that we face in the world, how we overcome them, being able to get a different flavor from two different guests Mm -hmm. that day, I think will be just a tremendous opportunity uh, to not just experience it, but to enjoy it. Enjoy it. That's exactly right. Enjoying that journey and inspiring others. And and because part of your passion is to inspire women leaders. And, and so you know, you're living into your purpose, Mary. This is awesome. We try. We try. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I get I, a little tentative on that because, yes, I've always been uh, encouraging to other women leaders, whether they're older than me, younger than me, peers. But I also have to tell you, I work with so many wonderful men mm-hmm. that I just think it's a it's a it's not a club. It's a club of exclusive people who have who have and share the same mindset and so I will develop any leader um, any person it doesn't matter you can be a purple teddy bear and I'll still work with you <laughs> although I have found I have not had much good effect on my golden retriever <laughs> well oh well Mary I want to thank you so much for coming on everyday leaders sharing your story this has been a really great journey today I'm so glad we've connected and uh, how can people connect to you? You can find me uh, on LinkedIn, like you did, yeah. uh, Mary Calvert. It's just that I'm, I'm on Twitter as M Calvert. Um, and if you wanted to email me something uh, specific, you can either get me through the LinkedIn messaging. My email address is right in there. Wonderful. Well, for my guest, I just want to encourage them to connect to you, follow you, follow SAP, all the things that you're doing uh, to, to watch that journey and how that grows. And also to encourage the guests to just step into their own lives and be the leaders and start with themselves and then encourage everyone around them. So Everyday Leaders is to inspire. And you have so done that today, Mary. Thank you so much for being a guest on Everyday Leaders. Well, I'm honored. Thank you for having me because I, in turn, received a greater benefit from discovering you, your work, and your journey, and I cannot wait to follow you. Thank you. Have a great 2019, Mary. Thank you. Hi, I'm Melanie Ake with Everyday Leaders. I wanted to invite you to join my leadership class. It's Life Strategies 101 where I'm going to take you through the everyday 15 laws of growth. It's an amazing journey. It's 15 weeks with me as your personal coach. Join me, everydayleaders.com, and sign up today.